business and bourbon. Wrote a couple books, have a big mouth, not afraid to just be myself. And if you guys have not seen a Keenan video, <laughs> No, my manhood does not run through any of that shit. And people are like, <laughs> what? You can't say that. You are the boss. You I are the boss. I am the boss. I love it. The harder I work at my business, the more successful my business is. The more successful my business is, the more freedom I have to do whatever the damn well I please. Freedom is not free, <laughs> right? You got to earn that shit. I'm willing to learn from anybody. anybody. You'll yeah butt yourself till you're dead. I gave Keenan religion. Yes, it's the yes. devil that gets He's you. He's preaching up. How do I get as much out of life as possible? Possible, possible. Welcome back to Business and Bourbon, where we have real talk with real people. I'm Ronnell Richards, the creator and your host. You know, I've got a lot of titles I'm known as an entrepreneur, speaker, podcast host, coach, trainer, a lot of things, but none more important than salesman. This year, I am celebrating 25 years as a professional salesman, and I'm super proud of that. To me, it's the noblest profession, and quite frankly, I believe it is the most important skill set to have to be successful in business. You see, if you're a good seller, you're going to go far. And here's why. So whether you're in the sales profession or you're a business professional, you're a chemist, whatever it is, at some point, you're going to have to sell something or you're going to have to sell yourself. And if you can do that successfully, you'll go far. So in celebration of my 25th anniversary, I wanted to invite someone onto the podcast that shares my enthusiasm for sales, that has that pedigree. And quite frankly, someone that I look up to in terms of sales acumen and just really gets it. So I invited Jim Keenan, but you guys know him as Keenan. He currently has a book that's just killing it out there. He's on the speaking circuit doing amazing things, just training and challenging folks to be better salesmen. So we sat down, had a little something to drink and talked about his journey, talked about what it's been like and how he's created his brand. We talked about his journey, where it started from, where it's at today and where it's going. So I think that this is an episode that everyone can benefit from. So again, whether you're a salesperson, officially or not, everybody's a salesperson in one way or another. So with that said, it's time. Let's go. Grab that mug, grab that cup, grab that whatever, that wine glass, whatever it is you like to drink out of, whatever your favorite beverage is. Hey, for this episode, maybe a little Red Bull. <laughs> whatever it is, pour it into that cup, pour it into that glass, sit down, chill out here next to us and enjoy a little business and bourbon. Welcome back to Business and Bourbon. You are sitting with Ronnell and a very special guest today. I'm pretty excited, man. I'm out here in Aurora, Colorado. I'm at the Gaylord Resort, which is amazing. If you get the chance to come out here, come out here. It's a great whiskey town, great beer town. I'm out here chilling and since I'm in town, I had to sit down with my main man. I'm not going to build this dude up because he builds himself up. <laughs> no need for it. 
But I'm in the house with Keenan today. Keenan, what's up? What's up, baby? How you doing? Man, if I was any better, I would be Keenan. Oh, I feel you. There you go. That was good. Slick. Ah, that was slick. You like that? That was slick. That was play. You like that? Yeah. Well, welcome, dude. Thank you, baby. So I know you've listened to all the episodes. What's your favorite one? I'm just fucking Every kidding. single one. <laughs> 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 so, so, you know, I wanted to have you on because, well, first of all, before we do this, let's tell the audience real quick, those that don't know who you are, the few people out there, well, there's probably like five or six of them out there left. Let's tell them real quick. Give let them know who you are. What is it that you do? Tell me, tell me about your company real quick. Because we got a lot of shit to talk I know, about. I you. suck at this. Look, I'm just a cat who is passionate about helping people in the world of sales. Wrote a couple books, have a big mouth, not afraid to just be myself, my authentic self, and and make impact where I can. There it is. There it is. There it is. And your company is called what? A sales guy. A, I love that, dude. The simplicity of it. It happened by accident. Did it really? Mm-hmm. How? I started a blog in 2011 to try and increase my exposure because my career went so fast that my resume could not compete with the other people in the levels I was at. I had been vice president of sales for several years and every time or anytime I need a new job, I was competing with people who were 10, 15 years old or who had anywhere from 10 to 15 years more experience. Mm-hmm. I got tired of trying to compete on a resume that couldn't compete just on a mere time perspective, right? Yeah. So the idea was if I write a blog, I get followers, and then if I ever find myself needing a job in the future, I would just write on the blog, hey, I'm looking for a job, and they would know I was good because they've been reading the blog for years. That was the logic. Mm-hmm. So in 2011, I started a blog called A Sales Guy. Yeah. And then I wrote for 712 days straight and built a pretty sizable following on the blog, and the blog was listed as a top 25 sales blog, and I was listed top 25 sales and marketing leader by sales magazine, whatever the damn thing was called, shower and accolades. I think they get lazy after a while. They find a couple and they just keep giving you accolades. So mm-hmm. that gave me the following. So I decided to start my company because people were reaching out to me now. They're saying, hey, I've been reading your blog. We're having this problem in our company. Can you help us fix it? Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. And so I threw out a price <laughs> and they're like, oh, that's nothing. I was like, oh, this is good. Yeah. So then I realized I had something here. So I basically left my other company. Um, it was good timing and, and I started a sales guy consulting. And mm-hmm. then that just kind of stuck how long has that been though eight years that's awesome that's eight years, 100% awesome. inbound mm-hmm. so this year we just hired a, a salesperson who now does our training division but 100% inbound so the power of content baby man i'm telling you that's what's connected us initially yep right your content is powerful dude by Thank the you. way and and you know what i love about it is that you <laughs> <laughs> here we go you do not suffer fools my friend no. like you just tell it and I know this is a cliche that people use a lot. Tell it like it is. Oh, he tells it. No, dude, like that's what you do. When I watch some of your content, man, you give it to him straight up the gut. And I think that sometimes, like I told you this before, sometimes people can lose. They're not getting the message that you're trying to get to them because they're getting caught up in kind of the delivery a little bit. Yeah. Does that, does that yeah, make sense? Yeah, yeah. Look, people get caught up in the delivery because they really don't want to learn. They're, ooh. Right, that's the truth. Like, I was at a, uh, a training the other day, about two weeks ago, I did a training, and somehow my kids came up and learning from certain people came up, and I said, Listen, I learned from everybody. I said, I've learned from Hitler. And people are like, <laughs> What? You can't say that. And I'm like, Yes, I get. I said, I raised my children in many ways on a Hitler strategy, and like, they are shocked. Like, what are you talking about? You can't do that. And I was like, Let me roll this past you. I didn't say I teach my kids hate. Yeah. But what Hitler learned was that if you wanted to influence the world or his country, you started with the youth. If you got ideas in their head early enough, that shit stuck forever and you, it's hard to unwind. Mm-hmm. And so I learned that, I don't know how I learned it, but 
And I learned that. And so since the day I had kids, I was instilling mindsets in them from the, like, out of the womb. Yeah. I started treating my kids like they were adults when they were one years old, mm-hmm. right? And so now my kids have these viewpoints and these belief systems that I basically indoctrinated my kids into hard work. My daughters are beautiful, but I've indoctrinated them that smarts. I just today, I said to my daughter in bed, I crawled in her bed at like nine o'clock when she was getting up. I said, hey, honey, what's most important? She goes, smarts, dad. <laughs> like, you, so my point in this is I'm willing to learn from anybody, yeah. anybody. And if you're someone who lets bullshit get in the way, that's not about the other person. That's about you not is. wanting to hear the message and yes. coming up with an excuse to discount a message that makes you uncomfortable. It's probably because you're not doing it. I love it. I love it. Which leads me to the next part of this thing. Because every time I have someone on, we have to talk about what we're drinking, right? Because this is business and bourbon. Yeah, true. So, so shout out, first of all, to Breckenridge, which is an amazing, distil- well, they're a distiller now, but they started out as a brewery. So yes. I am enjoying some Breckenridge bourbon. And my friend over here who needs to go pick his kids up from soccer after this, I don't know why the hell he's drinking this because I think it's, <laughs> he's got so much natural energy. What are you drinking? Red Bull, baby. Red Bull. <laughs> That's it. I, I would have done a gin and tonic this afternoon, but I got to drive. With them? I'm sorry? You need a sponsorship no, with they them. Have, they should have stepped up and sponsored me ages ago. And this is, look, people get too big in their own way. I used to reach out to them all the time. I used to do all my podcasts with Red Bull in it. I would give them all kinds of exposure in a space they're not getting it because in many cases, five-hour energy in the business world, you know what I'm saying, has mm-hmm. a better thing. I also argue salespeople are the extreme athletes of the business world. The best I got from them once was a case of a new thing to try out and spread the word. I couldn't get any attention, so I said, fuck them. Mm, but you're still drinking you, you it. You can't get your own way. <laughs> but you're still drinking it. Yeah, 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 because I like it. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I give you a pass because you're a good-ass dad, dude. Good I try. You, how many daughters do you have? Three. Jesus Christ, you're putting in work. And they will be teenage, all teenagers before too long here. Yeah, one's just turned 13. She'll be 14, September 14th. It's her golden birthday. Nice. I have a 12-year-old and a 9-year-old. So I'll be praying for you. Thank you, baby. But now, like I said, I started early. Like, look, they're not perfect, but they are great kids. Yeah. Because I got them indoctrinated early because I wasn't afraid to learn something, even if it's from a bad person. Yeah, bro, they're all great until they hit 15. Thank you, baby. <laughs> when those girls hit 15, they get crazy for two years. All right. Well, uh, I'll gonna, let you know. You're going to see. Everybody's saying. So, I'm so, so when we're not picking up our kids from soccer, and uh, what's your favorite drink? I'm not a huge drinker. Yeah. Uh, what, what makes people think that business and bourbon has to be about huge drink? It's not a no, huge drink. No, your question. Just, yeah. Your question when, is when my you favorite drink, but I don't drink that often, so I don't have a favorite. See, that's okay. fair. It so, is fair. So it's situational. If I'm sitting down and going to sip a drink and, and have a conversation or whatever, it's probably going to be a gin and tonic. Yeah. If it's going to be, you know, I'm out with my boys or whatever, it's going to be a beer. And if it's ready, you're going to love this one. If I'm out on the beach on a hot, sunny day, it's a pina colada. I'm not ashamed. I put that umbrella in and I'm oh, enjoying it. Yeah. yeah, yeah you yeah. like a nice long straw in there yeah, and the yeah, umbrella. Go, and- yep. Yeah, girly as girly can be, and I'm okay with it. Pineapple wedge yep, on the yep. outside. Pineapple wedge on cherry, bring it. I'll drink those things nice. all day long. Hey, you know what? I like that. I like a guy that's not afraid to, to admit no. that he'll sip a pina colada through yeah. a straw. Okay. My manhood does not run through my car, my bank account, the drinks I drink. No, my manhood does not run through any of that shit. Love it. That's comfortability. You're a hip-hop fan, right? Yeah, yeah. Huge one, right? Yeah. Well, who's, yeah. Who's your, yeah. who's your favorite artist? Travis Scott. Travis Scott, man. Yes. You, Anti-social right now is my is my jam. Is it really? Andy, have you heard it? Is that anti-social? It's no. dope. It's it's is that, is that new. A, that's a new one? Yeah. Okay. It's really new. It's so, good. So I'm a little bit of a digging in the crate sort of guy. So I like guys like MF Doom. Shout out to MF Doom. 
I know a lot of people don't. MF Doom. Yeah, okay. You, you know Doom? No, I don't. I know you don't. I don't. That's why I like him. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I got to make sure. I'm hip-hop generation, man. I want to make sure that I can always drop those names yes. that people don't know. Yes. Like, who, what? Yes, I know. You don't. I don't. I love yep. it. Anyway, Travis Scott is dope, though. I like his stuff. So, hey, I want to hop into your business a little bit more, okay? okay? So, I want to share with the audience, I'd like you to share, is kind of your mission because everyone has a mission right like especially this at, at our age because we're not 20 years old just trying to go out there and make it we've been out there for a couple of decades doing the damn thing making things happen so when you get to this point in your career and in your business there's a reason why you do what it is that you do what is that for you well depends that's the question again so your mission what drives your business what drives you what what makes you do what you do every day to be the sales guy because that takes a lot. All right. So me personally. Yeah. Okay. Because there was different angles to that. So me personally, it's freedom. Mm. The harder I work at my business, the more successful my business is. The more successful my business is, the more freedom I have to do whatever the damn well I please. Financial freedom and time freedom. Right? And I've noticed it is, look, when I first started the business, I was tied to it. Like every, everything I did was every dollar I got in. And if I didn't work, I didn't make any money. And or no money was coming down the road. So I didn't have a lot of freedom. But even then, if I wanted, I wanted to choose not to work that day, there was no one telling me, get your ass in that chair or no, you don't have enough vacation time or no, no, no. It, it, it was my risk. If I decided to take a day off on Tuesday and go skiing or sit and watch TV, which is not uncommon, mm -hmm. right? That's on me. I suffer the consequences. No one is telling me, right? It's a one day consequence. It's not the rest of my, you know, I got to go find a new job consequence. But then as things grew and they got bigger and bigger, I... I set the rules. I get to make how it works. I get to do what I want. And so one of the things I do is I take my daughters on a trip every year, an exotic trip. So we've done Croatia. We've done Paris. This year we did the Galapagos. I'm trying to figure out what next year is going to be. Mm -hmm. And I just go two weeks. I'm gone. Right. So that's economic freedom. And that's time freedom. Right. If, like yesterday, I wasn't feeling well. I was just tired. I was lazy. Like, screw this. I had no appointments. I sat on the couch for like two hours and just watched TV. Fuck them. There ain't no one telling me I can't do that. Mm -hmm. It's my world. Right. And then I ended up working later because I wanted to. It's my world. I have kids 50% of the time in the school year. My day stops at 2 o'clock. I go pick them up. I cut them to soccer. I get them to dinner. And if I want to work at 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 o'clock, I can't. If I don't, I don't have to. See, Ken, I love that. And that's, freedom. And that's maturity talking. Because early on in our careers, we think that it's, it's the money, it's the car, it's whatever, the material stuff. And then you find out that as you start to accumulate that stuff, well, you're losing freedom. You have yes, less and less freedom, yes, right? Yes. As you're as you're on that 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 hamster that hamster wheel. So I, I agree with you, and I'm kind of in that same spot. For me, it's all about freedom. It's freedom. all about independence, being able to call my own shots, being able to sit down here with a good friend and have while well, he drinks Red Bull and I drink bourbon. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> in the middle no of the day, wondering what are you doing? The, yeah. Who's yeah? I am the boss. Yeah, you got a boss. You I are the know, boss. I am the boss. I love it. And you know, there's a lot. There's a lot of other stuff that comes with that. And you know, one of the terms that I talk about a lot is entrepreneur porn, right? Uh, and yes, porn. Entrepreneur porn. Yep. And that is that imagery that we're inundated with out there that gets people hyped up for entrepreneurship and these short snippets of marketing and all that that makes people say, oh, "Yeah, let me quit my job. I'm gonna go. Oh yeah." Without giving proper context. So when we talk about things like independence and freedom, I like to talk about the other side as well. Because you didn't just start your business and say, okay, I'm open up a sales guys consulting and all right, we're good, right? Like you had to earn that shit. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about that. What was the journey like for you early on in starting your, 
your, your company, starting your business, what did you have to do? What was the sacrifice? What did you have to, what sort of work did you have to put it, put in to, to get to this point to where you're at eight years later, where you and I can sit here in the middle of the day and chill out and have a drink. That's a long story. I'll try to cut it short. But I think the first thing I did, which was unbeknownst to me, was I started that blog. No blog, no sales guy consulting today. End of discussion, right? End of discussion. That two years of blogging and building that reach and building that following, unequivocally beyond a shadow of a doubt, was the, was the prelude. No, not even the prelude. Was the cause. Not even the correlation. was actually the cause of me starting a sales guy. Once I started and made the commitment, I had customers right out of the gate. I got some luck along the way. For instance, I went to a conference and this guy came up to me from Brazil and he's been following my blog forever. And next thing I know, I've got a client in Brazil that's paying good money and I was with them for eight months. I don't believe in luck, but we'll talk about that okay. as you continue. Go ahead. Okay, fair enough. But the reason I call it luck is I went to this conference. Well, you went to that conference. You took that action. Yeah. You started the blog. Yeah. This gentleman, he was familiar with the blog. Yeah. And so, yeah, there was a whole lot of, and that's what I, I like to talk about a lot, Keenan, is action. Like sometimes we don't know why we're doing shit, but we have to keep doing shit. Yes, yes. Keep doing it. And you do it, things happen that people call serendipity okay, or they call yes. luck, but they happen because you took an action. So the reason I say it's luck, though, is a whole bunch of conferences I went to that didn't happen. I guess I call it luck yeah. in that it not be that it happened, but the timing it happens. Yes. That's what I'm referring to, right? It's fortunate. So yeah, so the t okay, call it fortunate. So the timing <laughs> that it happened is I got a big client early. Yes. Which then, and then carried me so another client came on at the same time, right around the same time, this is kind of luck, a buddy from high school just somehow reached out to me and I, we were talking for a while. And next thing you know, he had just bought a company and the company wasn't doing well from a sales perspective. And so I got another gig with him. So I had two decent sized gigs that could pay all my bills that kept me semi busy for almost a year while I was looking for other clients and building other things. And they would come and go smaller ones, but I call them anchor clients. Yeah. That was the fortunate in the beginning. But then over time, the whole time in the beginning, even though I had them, I had to keep thinking, how do I get more? Where's more come from? How do I draw more in? And that's where I added content. That's where I got onto HubSpot. That's how I created my resource center. That's how I started. Um, I redesigned the entire website to add all kinds of content. Like, it's just one decision after another. How do I? How do I? How do I? How do I? And for a year and a half, two years, maybe even three, I did everything. Everything. And then I was doing okay. And then I hired a, an assistant. Mm -hmm. to help me with my travel and stuff, give me more time. And then it just went from there. I love that. Mm -hmm. But it all started with that discipline and that consistency that you had with the blog. Yeah. Right? So before getting that one big client. Yeah. I mean, that was two years of blogging. Two years of blogging, 712 blog posts. That's powerful. I want to stop right there. And I want people to really understand that because there's someone out there, because the equivalent of, I think you would agree, the equivalent of blogging a decade ago now would probably be like creating LinkedIn content, whether that be social media content, whether yeah. it be video, whether it be, I've seen slideshows, I've seen a lot of different collateral like that. Mm -hmm. Anyway, the point being is that there's someone that's listening to this right now and they need to know that, first of all, you need to keep going, but consistency and being diligent in your efforts is largely responsible. I mean, for, for a lot of us that have been blessed to have some success out there, a lot of us can point back to that. These seemingly sometimes insignificant tasks or tasks that just maybe we don't want to do, but we do them. Mm -hmm. And we do them every freaking day mm -hmm. until 
you get lucky, mm-hmm. as you just said, right? Mm-hmm. But there was two years of work put into that. Yeah. So there's someone out there that's that's putting some content out. Maybe they're doing it once a week. Maybe they're doing every dude. Do that shit. I can share my personal example. I did content and I continue to do content pretty much every day mm-hmm. before a year. Every day, every day, because I want when people think entrepreneurship, just like I want them to think me. When they think sales, they damn sure think Keenan, mm-hmm. a sales guy. Like, what's your hashtag? Why don't you share that because I want people to make sure that uh, Keenan Vids yeah. on LinkedIn is Keenan Vids. Yeah, and if you guys have not seen a Keenan video. <laughs> <laughs> Be ready. Mamas, hide your chin. I'm just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> true, true. Not safe for work. NSW. Yes. Like my mother would be like, hey, because every time I say a curse word or two, which I've been known to do, because I'm real. This is who I am. Yeah, like, yeah. like, and that's the one thing that I want people to know when they're looking at your content or they're, they're looking at mine, but especially yours. Like, dude, that's who you are. So cursing or whatever, just for the sake of it. And some people, I'll give you an example. Quentin Tarantino, right? Fantastic filmmaker, right? I think we'd all agree that. Jackie Brown. They said the N-word like a thousand times in that. And and it was like, it was just gratuitous. Mm -hmm. You know, so saying things or doing things just for shock value, I don't dig and I'm not down with. But being authentic and being true to who you are, when you and I sat down here for an hour before hopping on the podcast, you curse. I curse. That's how we talk. That's how we talk. So be ready when you watch a Keenan video that, yeah, he's going to be honest and he's going to come hard Yep, and he's not going to hold anything back, but it comes from the right place. And that's what you need to know. It's about the intention. The intention is to, hey, look, this is what you need to do. Pay attention. Pay attention. Why? Not because I'm some guy, <laughs> some guy told you what a loud clown with a oh, yeah, camera or some clown. Shit. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, this loud mouth, <laughs> listen to this loud mouth clown. Well, don't. I don't care. I can tell you, if you're not listening to me, you're not doing as well as I am. So next. There it is. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I love that about your delivery and what it is that you See, do. I don't charge for this shit, right? So I don't charge for this. I don't ask for anything in return. It's out for free. So if I'm giving it for free. It's coming out on my terms. You want to pay me to do something? Fine. Sculpt it the way you want. And if I, and if I agree before I take your money, then I agree. Mm-hmm. If I don't want to do it, I'm not going to do it. But if I'm going to be creating something for free for you that's helping you, it's not helping me, it's helping you, I'm going to do it on my terms. Back to freedom. There it is. This is a question that I like to ask. That may sound a little bit hokey, but I don't care because my audience kind of crosses everything, right? A lot of millennials, a lot of great boomers. We've got great Gen Xers. Happy, proud Gen X. Gen X in the house. Shout out to Gen X, right? Gen X, baby. (laughs) But, you know, Millennials are the largest segment of the workforce right now. So I always like to make sure that we shout them out in terms of giving them some They're guidance. The largest section, period. That they yeah. vote is more of them than there are baby boomers now. Absolutely. Whereas voted, we changed the world. Well, yeah. they changed the world. Yeah. So let's go back a decade ago. That's the age a lot of those guys are right now. Advice. And this is something I asked you pre-show. Advice that you'd give your younger self, right? Because there are a lot of younger folks out here that look up to you and they're like, man, Keenan is super dope. I want to be like Keenan. I love his vibe. I love what he's given. Talk to yourself. You're them a decade ago. General advice for being successful and to falling in the footsteps of their hero, Keenan. Okay, the first thing I was saying, stop following people's footsteps. Yeah. Stop comparing yourself to people. Like, I yes. think one of the worst things we can do is try to compare ourselves to other people. I agree. Right? Look, we can learn from other people, yeah. but don't try to compare yourself to other people. Don't say, I want to be like them because you can't be like them. That's, that's losing. Like, that's... The poor message we send to girls with 
beauty, right? These girls are like, I want to be like her. Well, she's six foot freaking two, naturally a rail, and they freaking photoshopped her ass. You know, you're five foot two and, and you happen to be thick. You're mm-hmm. never going to be like her, so stop. Yes. So what I tell people is this. It's nothing impressive. There's no secret bullet or silver bullet. It's simple. Figure out what you want to do. Just do a self-assessment. Take stock in who you are, what turns you on, what gets you excited, and what you want out of life. Mm-hmm. Like, without a goal, and I don't mean like I want to make a million bucks or I want, no, like without a life goal, you have no why or vision or motivation to live. Like, mine was just to maximize life. It's, it's big for most people, but it's not big for me. I traveled around the world when I was 25 years old, literally, literally circumnavigated the world. Russia, Turkey, Greece, Japan, Ukraine, China, India, Morocco. Like, I went everywhere. And I was like, damn, like, life is dope. And then I didn't get married until I was 37. So, I mean, I partied in South Beach, Miami. I moved to Vail and learned to ski and bartended in Vail and skied my ass off. So I was like, oh, my God, life is amazing. Mm-hmm. So all my whole objective when I got into the business world is how do I get as much out of life as possible? Like, that's it. Yeah. So that's, that was my motivation, right? And so when you have a motivation to maximize life, anything you're doing that minimizes it starts to freak you out. So you do shit to make sure you don't minimize it. So whatever your thing is, go find your thing. Because once you find your thing, the rest is easier. Don't listen to your mom and dad. Don't listen to the fucking television set. Don't watch TV shows that tell you who you should be. Just sit back and ask yourself, what do I want out of this life? And when I'm 90, Stephen Covey had it right. Start with the end in mind. Mm-hmm. When I'm 90 and I look back, what do I want to say I accomplished? And I don't mean how much money in your own business. And I mean, like, what did you do with life? Mm-hmm. So I can't answer that question for most people. And I think that's half the problem. Mm-hmm. Most people don't ask that question. They start here. Well, I want to make 100000 a year. Now I want a wife. Now I want a kid. Now I want a new car. Now I want, now I want, now I want. Well, that shit adds up. Yeah. And you pick up your head, and I got all this shit, but I'm not happy. What the fuck happens? Mm-hmm. I wanted yourself into a brick house, mm-hmm. like a brick house you can't get out of. Yeah. Stop by wanting yourself in the day and ask yourself, what do I want in the big picture? What do I want out of life? Wow, powerful. And that goes back to, again, the maturity of where you're at right now. And one thing I want people, I want to share with people, and this, because we want to be honest. We want to be as authentic. We want to be honest. Was that you at 25? Was that you at 30? Was that you at 35? Did you always have that sort of mindset? Yes, it was subconscious. But yeah, so here's, here's how I know, right? So my boy of 30-something years, he was my best friend. We met right when I moved from, well, I'll step even back further. Oh, my God. I'll go back to, let's go back to college, right? I'm in a two-year college. I went to college because everybody went to college. Plus, I got kicked out of my house, so I needed a place to stay. So student loans paid for college. And then that gave me a place to live, mm-hmm. right? So I could live on campus. But after two years at Mount Ida College, which, by the way, the irony is... Which college? Mount Ida College. Mount and, Ida shot them out. Come yeah, on, they're, they're gone going. now. Oh, okay. Yeah, they shut down. <laughs> <laughs> that tells you the kind of school I was going to, oh, right? Shit. And here's the crazy part. Gary V went to the same school like eight years after I did. That's uh-huh. the funny part, right? So he's also a, a Mount Ida grad. But anyways, I was like, I want to ski. So I up and moved my ass to Vail from Boston, Massachusetts, got in my Jeep, loaded up with a bunch of buddies, moved to Vail and learned to ski and ski my ass up. And I didn't just go and just putz around. Like I paid attention, ski with the best skiers, free skiers on the mountain and got better and better and better. I bartended, I partied. Then I'm in there and I'm like, I think I'm not done partying. I don't want to go back to school. I want to go have more fun. So I moved to Boulder and 
That's the year they were winning national championships and was having a blast. And I was like, this is fun. So I just had a blast. And then one day, I'm 23, 23 or 24, and I'm partying all the time, but now I can barely make rent, and I'm a busboy and a delivery food guy for the New York Deli. And any of you old people here remember Mork and Mindy? Mm-hmm. That New York Deli was the restaurant that he came from out of Boulder. Anyways, okay. and I'm, it's snowy night in December, and I'm driving down the street. I'm driving down Broadway. For those of you from Boulder, university's on my left. It's like December 22nd. No one's out in the streets except me, and the only reason I'm doing this is because I can't pay my rent. I got to work. And I look over at the school, and I'm like, okay, I'm done. I'm having a blast, but I'm not going to be 30 years old delivering food. Mm-hmm. Next semester, I was enrolled in CU. And then I'm enrolled in CU and I'm dating this girl and she showed me these pictures of her in India. And I'm like, damn, India. She goes, yeah, there's something called semester at sea. And this is all answering your questions, so trust me. And I'm like, damn. And then she saw the Great Wall of China and she saw the Taj Mahal and I'm like, oh my God. But I had no money. And I'm like, how'd you do this? She goes, I had no money, there was a scholarship. I'm like, what? A scholarship? (laughs) And so I ran and told my buddy, the one I told him, my friends with 30 years, I'm like, dog. You got to apply for this scholarship with me. We go around the world for free. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, I don't know, man. I got this and I got that. And I'm like, what do you mean you got? This is the world. You get to go to Morocco. You get to go to Japan. He's like, yeah, no, dog, I, I'm not in. I was like, fuck it. I went and applied. Tell the story another time, but I got a full scholarship to travel around the world on a boat. Wow. With 500 other college students. Mm-hmm. So the reason what I tell you this is Were you on it wasn't conscious. Okay. But subconsciously. When I was younger, yeah. that's how I lived, mm-hmm. maximizing every experience that I could possibly master. Mm-hmm. I mean, ex- uh, yeah. Experience. Experience. Everyone, like, I got to do it. Then mm-hmm. even my boy who I was really tight to didn't have that understanding. Like, nah, he passed up. How do you pass up traveling around the world for free? How the fuck do you do that? Mm-hmm. So wow. that my whole life had been like this, just not always conscious. Man, that's dope. So I just, just think by the time I'm 25, I had... Moved from the city I was living in. I had lived in South Beach, Miami and modeled. I had traveled all the way around the world. I lived in a ski resort and, and partied and skied and bartended. I mean, just in just 20, from 18 to 25 to six years, live, 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 live. Like, go, go, live it. Mm-hmm. So tell my kids, my, I'm not raising my kids on a, you got to go to college. I said, if you want to go to college, you can go to college. I'm living them on, you go figure out what you need to do and whatever you got to do to get there. Don't use drugs. Don't fucking hurt people. Don't steal. Don't like, other than that, world joy. And you got to take care of yourself. You live with your own consequences. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to pay for you to travel all over the place. I'll support you in doing it, but you got to take care of yourself. So live, live, everybody, live, live, yeah. live. People don't live anymore. You're right. Well, live. in their defense, not that this is something yeah, that well, needs this defense. Is be good. Really? You want to defend this? It's <laughs> just, no, it's just that we live in a culture where we're inundated with all of this shit. We, you talked about earlier with your kids and how you raise your kids and how you. <laughs> how your daughters know things because you've ingrained it into their brains yeah. from very young ages. Well, in our country, in our culture, globally, lots of countries, our culture, we have that same sort of, those same sort of things that are being drilled and ingrained in our head daily, whether it be through social media, whether it be through uh, television, through even terrestrial radio, whatever, right? It's all this imagery. And that's, that's part of the reason why we talked about your mission. That's part of my mission. My mission is I want to educate entrepreneurs, man. I want to give them real dope. I want to give them the real stuff. And so, because there's just so much of that shit 
out there. So I'm trying to, I'm not going to use the Hitler analogy. I'll let you keep that one. <laughs> but I'm trying to knock people up the side of their head with this is what's real. This is what's important. And so what you just talked about in terms of experience, that is so powerful because that's a lesson that kudos to you for learning that. And just, I don't know, just having that at a very young age. But for most of us, oh, we learn that shit the hard way. This guy learned that shit the hard way. I learned that shit after three Maseratis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, shit, you know what? No, it has to be because we all want to have great experiences, right? So we do the experience and we do the va vacations and all that. But we also are stacking things, stacking things like, like you had said that we're creating this brick house around ourselves, yeah. right? So that's something that a lot of us learn, but it would sure have been cooler if we learned it at 25. Yeah, but I, look, here's something that's hitting me that I'm starting to pay more attention to as an adult. It's less the information that we're surrounded with and more the information we allow to penetrate. Okay, you're a sales guy. You are the sales guy. You understand the power of sales and marketing. Yes. And, and so let's acknowledge that people are up against some shit because we got multi-billion dollar companies that know how your brain works better than you do. Yes, but it's real because I believe it's real because of our apathy. We're insecure. We want to be right. Mm -hmm. Cognitive dissonance is a real fucking thing. Yeah. Right? So look, we're all guilty of it. I'm not saying I'm immune or that, you know, I don't have... I'm Superman, and unlike the rest of you, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm impervious to this shit. No, but I'm conscious of it, mm -hmm. right? So here's a good example. I met this cat the other day, um, four-wheeling, and another story I'll tell you later. But um, really cool guy from Arkansas, but it was clear the minute I met him, he was straight far, not far right, but right of where I am, right? Yeah. But yeah, I liked him. We got along. It was great. So we connected, and we still talk, and we're going four-wheeling this weekend. And from a Facebook perspective, we go back and forth. And every time I post something, no matter what it is, he has to come in with the counter argument. And I finally said to him, I said, dude, I get your right leaning and I get all that stuff. But do you realize that you can't take one piece of information I come out with and stop and assess it at face value? You have to find the antithesis that maps to your perspective. Mm -hmm. Right? And he said, we do the same thing. Not true. I said, I'm left leaning, but I don't believe in banning guns. Right? I almost bought one myself. I don't think it should be as easy to get one, but I don't believe in banning them. Right? You put words in my mouth. And so my point is, is we choose what information we want in and we filter out what information we don't want in. If it makes us feel like we're, we're wrong, if it makes us feel like we're insecure, if it makes us feel like we're abandoning our political beliefs or our, our tribe. And so what we don't do is we don't actually assess all the information. Here's my proof. If you want to believe that the earth is flat, there is enough information out there right now that will convince you it's flat and you will accept it. Mm -hmm. So it's not the information that's happening to us and today it's actually our choice not to question and assess and use our freaking brains to process through the whole thing. Right? I'm not anti-vaxxer. I'm not pro-vax. I don't know enough about it. I have some friends who are totally anti-vax and they didn't throw out some interesting stats so I started doing my homework. Right? I haven't fallen on either side of the coin yet. I'm still probably more I vaccinated my kids but what I found interesting was that right before the measles vaccine was launched to put out, there was a significant decline in measles outbreaks before the vaccination. Yeah. So I was like, that's interesting. So what is that about? What's going on? So I start to dig in and it really puts me in the middle. And that reason I'm sharing this with everybody is I don't take anything at face value. I'm left leaning. I've done tons of research and everything I have an opinion on. I say, I don't know and shut up. And 
not enough of us do that. We want to be spoon-fed, and so we accept what's given to us. So if you're making decisions in life that you need this house, and you need to drive this car, and you need this, and you need that, it's because you're accepting it. You're accepting it. You're not challenging the notion. You're not doing what's unexpected because it makes you uncomfortable. So it really comes down to this whole long diatribe that went on. 99% of most people are not comfortable with who they are, and so everything they do is to try to bolster their comfort to the outside world so nobody finds out that they think they're a fraud. If you don't know that you're uncomfortable, are you not uncomfortable? <laughs> Does that make sense? If you don't know that you're uncomfortable, are you uncomfortable? So here's the point that I'm making. It takes wisdom and it takes experience and it takes guys like you to, to share and educate and people being willing to listen, Open. right? Because most of the time we're living our lives, we are influenced by our environments, and unless we have someone or something that helps bring us back, whether it's for our business or you know, some of these other things that we we're talking about that kind of help us to, okay, hold on, this is maybe what I should be focused on. We're going to keep doing that, right? So I think that I'm in agreement with you. I don't feel that, I'll go back to what I previously said, that we're up against quite a bit, right? We're up against quite a bit in terms of multi-billion dollar conglomerates that want to sell us tons of shit and they want you dumb and blind and buying shit, right? And that influences our business decisions. It, it influences our entrepreneurial goals. As I said earlier on in this, you know, we, a lot of times as we go into entrepreneurship, we go into that focused on stuff, Yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to be an entrepreneur because I want this. I want that instead of, and I think the real message and all this, bringing it all back around it's freedom. Yeah, that's freedom, what it, baby. That's what it should be freedom. about. Yep. So if you're if you're someone out there right now that's thinking about, man, I want to be an entrepreneur. I'm going to challenge you right now. Why? What is it? Yep. Is it because you know you want that dope car? Is it because you want that big ass house? Or is it because you want freedom? You want the freedom to be able to make your own decisions to do it again to have a Red Bull with your buddy here in the middle of the day. That's something that I talk a lot about. So I, again, my journey's been different than yours, but I'm there mm -hmm. and I'm not going back. And if you're focused on that sort of thing as you're going into your entrepreneurship journey, you have a much better chance of being successful because this shit is hard. It's hard. Understand that. Entrepreneurship is hard. But if your focus is on the right things and it's not on stacking those chips, stacking those cars, those sorts of things, you've got a good chance, man, if you're passionate about it. That's key piece. You can't lose sight on the passion. Yeah. So one of the things I talk about a lot, and you're triggering on it, is let me ask you this. If all of a sudden I gave you $100 million yes. right now, boom, cash, tax, tax free, out. are you going <laughs> to keep doing this? Uh, yes, because I enjoy it. Okay. That's what many people miss. Tiger Woods, Lindsey Vaughn, well, she just retired, but these are people who have more money than they know what to do with, but still suffer the grind every day. Tiger doesn't need to swing a golf club again, but that motherfucker is still putting himself through the pain, through pain and discomfort that we wouldn't even, nine out of 10 of us would never do ever because he loves it. His passion is, his whole being is attached to that. So it's not about the money for him. He's literally going through it and the only drive is his passion for it, right? People miss this. One of the things I thought about the other day is I like baseball. I like watching it. I didn't play it growing up. I played football, right? But I was thinking about this. These guys play 161 games a year. Basically, from April 1st to September 30th, they are on the road sitting in a dugout 
every day. Mm-hmm. Think about this, people. Every day. I'm sorry. You could not pay me enough money to be a baseball player. <laughs> like, I, get, I know they get 10, 20, 30. What do they get now? Some of these guys are getting a $250 million for dollar a contract. Long time, yeah. So, like, $40 million a year. So, do the math. $40 million after taxes. You take 30% of that, that's $30 million. So, well, let's say $25 million, That's $500,000 a week. Yeah. Okay. I think if my math is correct. Literally, right now, someone said, Keenan, we're going to make you a professional baseball player for the next five years. We're going to pay you $25 million a year. Let's go. And we don't even care if you suck. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. I do not want to stand in the outfield seven days a week. I do not want to sit in the bench. Dude, I don't want to get on a plane seven days a week. Yes. Not enough money. Well, I'll tell you what. I respect that. But if your last place, Colorado Rockies, call me up right now. Matter of fact, if one of you guys are listening, call me up. I will get in the outfield and pay me. <laughs> and you're going to be miserable. I'll, I'll, I, I will bet take, it doesn't last I'll, a year. I bet it doesn't. I it bet only, it doesn't. It only needs to last a year, Keenan. No, I said five years. I have to do it for five years. Do I have to give the money back? No. If I don't make it all? No. Okay. I but can, then you, you quit. Can, I can so, fi- so, then you did, so then you quit. And so you actually didn't deliver on what you committed to. It's going to sound good, but you're actually going to fail miserably, not because you can't play, because you're not going to be able to finish what you agreed on. You're going to be miserable. Your relationship with your wife is going to suffer. Your relationship with your kids are going to suffer. And everything that's important to you is gone because you're focused on the money. All right, Keenan, you and I are going to have to debate that one because I could be miserable for a year for $25 million. But it's, but it's that mentality. It's why everybody is. Well, They're convinced of it. Well, I, I hear you on that, but life, life is about compromise. We're going to have to, there's shit that we have to do that we don't necessarily want to do, right? So that we can earn and gain that freedom that we want. Now, $25 million is the extreme of that, right? But if we go back to, let's say, your, your example, and, and I don't know, you obviously probably loved blogging. I mean, let's say you didn't love blogging, but that was the means to the, it. No. There we go. Okay, you didn't love it, but it had to be done, and you did it, and it kind of, maybe some of it kind of sucked, and you did liked, it to, to, to get to the point to where, yeah. well, you didn't have to. So freedom isn't something, there we go. Freedom is not free, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, you got to yeah. earn that shit. And so you got to do some shit that you don't want to do to get to that point. But if you're focused on why it is that you're doing that shit that you don't want to do, which is freedom and not something that is fleeting, like, you know, the money, the cars and the houses, Mm -hmm. I think you'll be in a better place, not only while you're busting your ass to try to get to where you want to be, but when you get to where it is that you're ultimately trying to get. Yeah, but you're there. You're there. I'm not saying you don't want to make more money. I'm not saying you don't want your business to be more successful because your mission is to help people. Okay? You go in and play in baseball, ain't going to help nobody. Sitting on a bench. If I got $25 million, then I can turn around and invest in whatever it is. No, but what? Whatever. Keenan, you and I are going to, we're going to, we're going to stand still this one. I don't know, but I'll find it. The minute I get on that field and they give me that $25 million, I'll have a thousand people on LinkedIn with investments ready for me. Oh Ronell, this is Hakeem in Nigeria. Yes. We need- <laughs> yes, yes. I'm telling you, you would be better served to get this business to $25 million than you would to go try to play baseball. Okay. Because all the negativity that's going to come out of it, because it's not who you are. I'm not even a religious man, but it's the devil, man. Like The <laughs> devil gets you seeing things that aren't there. I, oh, my God. I gave Keenan religion. Yes, it's yes. the devil that gets you. He's see preaching up. He's there. got the hand movement. Yes, the devil. No. I love it. No, 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 no. <laughs> so that's the problem. People think that if I make this such money, I could do everything with it. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. If you were making minimum wage, it's you and your wife and your kids, and you're about to lose the house, 
and in, and all the things that are important to you are on the line, then you've got my attention because you don't have what you want. Things are hurting you. They are affecting you. So you got my attention. Now, this is, I got to do what I got to do to get where I want. But where you are today, making a lot of assumptions based on our conversation, that year, well, I said five years, but even that one year commitment isn't worth it. I know you've convinced yourself in your head it is, but it isn't. You and your wife have an amazing relationship, 21 years. You got a, a kid who's 16 and shout 17. Shout out. 22? Shout out. Oh, shout out, yes. Shout out, eight. Right? You've got a boy who's 17, a great kid. You got a daughter who's 16, great girl, real caretaker. To lose that year with them, literally, you won't see them. To lose that just for 25 million, you could probably get your own business to in time. You got every, no, you're not see, looking at it right. See, this is why he is a sales guy. He's the sales guy. You've convinced me. You know what? Colorado Rockies, I don't want the job. I'm good. <laughs> Look, it'd be tempting. I'm not saying it's not tempting, right? And I'm not saying that every 10, if there were 10 of you and five of you went and did it and five of you didn't, you were playing the odds that actually one of you might actually work out and it was the right thing. The other nine, it's not, mm-hmm. right? Whatever happened that one, you know, you know, you do something, they always play out differently. Maybe one out of the nine works out. I don't think it's worth the risk. Yeah. Hey, okay. I think we can agree mostly. That's okay. You, not everybody's got to agree with me. So check this out. Because I want people to get a, just a little bit more insight. And I know some things about you. But I want people to get a little more insight into who this guy is. And a good way to do that is what the hell does he do for fun? Because you've talked about what you're focused on is your freedom, right? So freedom allows you to do what the hell you want to do. So if I encounter Keenan on a Saturday, what does that freedom buy you? What does that, what are you doing? So What's right fun for now, you? the freedom is November, well, Thanksgiving to April 21st, roughly. I am skiing almost every single Saturday and Sunday. So I ski 55, 60 days a year. Wow. That's my big thing. And I'll be able to do it till I'm hopefully 80 and and beyond, particularly mogul skiing. Love it. In the summertime, I just started getting into four wheeling, just actually bought a new Jeep. It's a beast. So here's an example. I expensive, not off the charts, but my second car costs more than most people's cars. Not because I'm cool, but because I used to have one that I owned outright but it wasn't capable of the things I wanted to do. So upgraded because the experiences that I'm going to be able to now do. Like go, like to, go mudding and stuff? Uh, you, yeah, rock crawling, hmm. um, much more technical, hairy, four-wheeling. Where, you do that shit? Yeah, yeah. That shit scares the well, hell I'm, out of me. Yeah, it scares me too, but I'm, let me, I'm just getting into it. I'm a rookie. I'm, okay. I'm man enough to know that I don't have the technical skills, but I now have the tools to do it. Plus, it really looks cool. This thing's all jacked up. It Still, does, yeah. I'll put a picture up later. So I'm just now getting into that. The long-term vision is to, um, to live in Colorado from basically November to May and then live in Southern California from May to November, and I want to start surfing. I want to learn to surf. I'm a little bummed I'm starting late, but I want to learn to surf. I've done it a few times. I'm hooked on it. I love it. So I want to do that. Um, and until then, I do a lot of hiking. I said I was going to pick up golfing. I used to be a 12. Haven't done it in years. I've slipped. So anything I can do to be active, out there active. Mm-hmm. That's awesome, dude. Skiing is the big one. Yeah. Skiing is surfing soon. No. So I want to be like you when I grow up. <laughs> I'm working. No, I'm you're working doing your towards thing. it. Hey, yeah, I'm doing my thing. You got, but you, you know, need I need to be to, like me. You I need to, I need to get out there and enjoy the outdoors a little bit more. I don't know about the mudding and stuff because that's scary as hell to me. But uh, yeah, skiing. I can skiing's get dope. All right. So you I can next, you play basketball. Next time I played I, in high school, but I haven't yeah. played in years. So next time I come out here, you'll take me skiing. Right? Yeah, yeah, where's, yeah, for sure. Have you ever skied in your life? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I lived in Utah. Oh, that's right. You guys didn't know that. That's right. Now you know. Yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. go. We'll rip it up. Yeah. Okay. What's the best hill? Where's best. the best to go? Where's the best place to, go, to ski? 
Oh, uh, it depends. So Veil's probably the best for all around. Like if you want full gamut. Yeah. Um, if you like moguls, I'm a big fan in, then um, Winter Park in Colorado is the best. Uh, and then as far as like Big Mountain all over, I mean, Snowbird or Alta in Utah, you've got Shout out. Crested Butte in Colorado. Mm-hmm. You got Telluride. I mean, I love Japan. I here, Japan. here in your backyard. Oh, most of it in the backyard. In your backyard here in, in Colorado. I'm coming in. I want to go skiing. Where do, we'll go where do I go? I have a place up there, so we'll go to Vail. The, yes. Yeah, yeah. We'll go to Love Vail. it. All right. Hey, we're going to close this thing out. But before we do, anything important you want to leave the guys with? Let's leave them with a little bit of a nugget, a little sales nugget, because you're the sales guy. We've talked a lot about entrepreneurship because I that's we've talked a lot about, about life. You know, I'm not sure I didn't help you. Because entrepreneurship. Ah, oh, my God. See, so you get it because it is life. It's yeah. a lifestyle. No, it's a lifestyle, dude. So entrepreneurship. What it takes to be a successful entrepreneur is navigating all of this, mm-hmm. all of this stuff that we talked about. That's what we call the entrepreneurial mindset, right? And that's something that's not just for people that are full-blown entrepreneurs like you and I, but mm-hmm. folks that are in corporate jobs or whatever. It's about taking that mindset and taking control of your existence, right? And figuring out what the hell am I doing this for? Mm-hmm. Am I doing it for that ride or am I, or am I doing it for my freedom mm-hmm. and being focused on those things so we can truly be successful? So when you start going in that direction and having that conversation, yeah, you're going to talk about a whole bunch of other stuff, too. Mm-hmm. So with that said, you got a nugget for us? Yeah, I'm just going to piggyback what we said before, what you just said. Do a self-assessment. I don't think enough of us are in tune enough to who we are, what we want and what makes us happy. We convince ourselves of what's going to make us happy. We convince ourselves what we have now is making us happy. Mm-hmm. But I, my experience has been nine out of ten times we're not happy. Love it. And so get real and stop the yeah buts. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, but the kids, right? Yeah, but I've been married for 21 years. Yeah, but I can't afford to lose my job. Yeah, but, yeah, but. You'll yeah, but yourself till you're dead. There it is. And then you'll look back. I just read this the other day, and I, I think many of you heard it, but the way they put it this time was great. When we're 90 and on a deathbed, nobody looks back and says, I wish I hadn't. Mm-hmm. They always look back and say, I wish I had. There it is. Very few times do people look back and mad at what they did do. They're always mad at what they didn't do. Mm-hmm. So what are you going to be mad at you didn't do? Love it. Ah, mic drop. With that, here's how we end every podcast. Ken. We end it with the we out. And sometimes I do it by myself. But when somebody's dropping, just bringing the fire and bringing the heat, making that we do it together. All right, baby. So you ready? I'm ready. On three, one, two, three. We We out. out. Thank you for listening to the Business and Bourbon Podcast. Please subscribe. And if you like us, give us a five-star rating. If you don't, uh, have another drink. Maybe you'll feel a little bit differently. If you'd like to check out our videos, you can go to businessandbourbon.tv. That's businessandbourbon.tv. In addition to that, we're currently touring the United States with our Business and Bourbon Live show. It's a fantastic show where we do whiskey education and we do some Q&A and it's a great networking event as well. So if you'd like to attend one of our Business and Bourbon Live events, you can go to businessandbourbon.live. Again, that's businessandbourbon.live. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you the next time.